The Mind Sponsor for today is upcoming podcast series, Personality Sleuths. Personality Sleuths will be co-hosted by Dr. J. Galen Buckwalter, whose career includes being the founding chief science officer of eHarmony and me, leveraging my experience as a venture capitalist and entrepreneur. We will analyze personality using a speech-based proprietary AI algorithm, along with the clues evident in social media and the popular press. Each episode will dissect the life of someone famous who gained the trust of many before becoming notorious for duping people, committing a crime, or losing exorbitant amounts of money, all while the clues were there all along and how they spoke. Tune in soon. On this episode, we have Christopher O'Dowd. Chris was born and mostly raised in Arizona. Being a naturally large child with strong athletic ability, Chris was very active in sports. He played three sports throughout the year, but was really fond of basketball. After breaking his ankle in 8th grade, he reevaluated his priorities and opted for football during high school. His success there got him a scholarship to play at the University of Southern California under Pete Carroll. He was the first freshman to start at center in the history of the team. He suffered some knee injuries but powered through it. There was tremendous buzz during the NFL draft for him. He was in the top 10 in each of his performance categories. Unfortunately, his knee injuries were stage 3 arthritic, precluding his ability to pass a medical despite his attempts to try all available therapies. He has had to pivot his career and has since become a successful businessman, including spending a number of years in Dubai. Chris, thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, I appreciate it, Sam. This, uh, this is fun times. Always good to reconnect. And uh, yeah, I look forward to it. Yes. Well, as I thought about um, people who would make great podcast guests, your name was on that list. Because um, I, I just remember the uh, what you shared about the things you've been through in your life and how you've had mm. to show a great deal of resilience and mental fortitude to to be where you are. And that always just impressed me. And I thought, you know, I'd really love to bring that to uh, to our audience. So thanks again for your willingness oh, hey. to, to talk about it. No problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's a story, but, you know, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's start from the, the very beginning, Chris. Um, where were you born? I was born in Tucson, Arizona, the desert. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how many years did you live there? Did you basically grow up there? Um, so I was born in Tucson and actually moved to California with my mom and dad um, for about a year to two years. Um, so what we did was we started in uh, San Diego and then made our way up to Southern California, um, La Brea area uh, sure. after that. And then parents got a divorce. My, then they moved back to Tucson, and um, from then on, uh, just me and my mom, pretty much, uh, essentially, we had a family, uh, family-run uh, restaurant business. Um, so, you know, my mom being on the Greek side of the family, uh, <laughs> it was just one of those things where I, I grew up in a restaurant my whole life with my grandmother, like as a little Amazing. kid in the shopping car while she was doing the book. So. Um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it was, a uh, it was a fun, fun childhood. We all lived on the same block. Have you ever seen that movie? The, the big fat Greek wedding. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that's pretty it was based much on like you guys. my childhood. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much my childhood that's minus funny. the Windex. Um, but it was really funny. I, uh, <laughs> we ended up, um, we lived in this little townhouse community and it was me and my mom at the very end of the block two houses down my aunt and my uncle and then the house next to them was my grandmother and so my cousins who were pretty much like my brother and sister they lived on the north side of town so my grandmother would pick us all up in her station wagon every day and you know I would hang out with them um, every day after school for you know my life and being around the restaurant and, and especially her you know one of the hardest working women I've ever been around and, and me being raised by women um, you know it was uh it was a really, really unique childhood and something that I really value and treasure. And I think it's made yeah. me kind of, you know, get, got me on the path to where I needed to be from that. So it's, uh, yeah. it was, nice. it was, it was a fun childhood. <laughs> no, that's great. Well, you mentioned uh, your cousins were like your brother and sister. Did you have any direct siblings? 
No, no, only child here. Um, yeah. I have so many cousins. I have a plethora of first, second, third, a lot, lot, of, lot of tiered cousins out there. Right. Uh, so, you know, I had, I had a lot of people around me to keep me busy. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. Well, um, clearly you uh, displayed an athletic bend while growing up. When did that start? To be honest, it started um, at a very young age uh, when I was around like two when I started to... <laughs> When I started to walk around, um, it wasn't necessarily a walk; it was a sprint. And my mom <laughs> would hate my my mom would hate me saying this here, but um, I was a, I was a leash baby as a kid. Oh, she had put wow. me on one of those leashes <laughs> because I was just an energy ball, right? Yeah. And um, you know, her outlet being a single mom is like, what do I need to do to run this kid out? And, you know, she decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to put him in these all sport camps during mm-hmm. summer. Like, I'm going to put him in anything and everything I can to just <laughs> tire him out. Um, and, you know, it wasn't necessarily something that, like, was pushed at all. It was something that was more uh, exposed. And I just well recepted it. And so, I mean, I, I did everything. Yeah, I, I played racquetball, tennis, basketball, baseball. Um, uh, you know, you, you, you name it across the board swimming. Like I tried diving I tried every musical instrument that is not for me, by the way, uh, <laughs> was on the, was in the Tucson boys chorus. I mean, was an altar boy. Oh. I mean, any kind of activity, like I was, yeah. my mom just threw me in there cause she wanted to tire me out. So that's kind of how the sports vein opened for me. Amazing. And, um, yeah and and it was an experience and you know it started with basketball basketball was my my number one um love back then um you know i was big at a young age i was always the biggest kid always had to bring my birth certificate um (laughs) you know it's it's one of those things where nobody believed me uh especially in tucson but whenever we go up to phoenix and play these tournaments you know there'd be kids like six inches taller than me <laughs> foot taller than me <laughs> and uh and you know that didn't that didn't matter up there but when you're in that kind of small bubble um you know that's what you get around you so you know basketball was my true love and that's essentially what put me into um kind of put me into to my path of of collegiate sports and professional for a cup of coffee but it was uh yeah it was a great experience nice so um middle school and then high school you started to to focus on a few different sports or were you still like uh doing all the wide range yeah you know i was uh, definitely a three-sport athlete um was playing everything and anything i could um you know i was more of you know, I would go to school to see my friends. I wouldn't go to school to get taught, um, mm-hmm. you know, because of that, that kind of led me to going to, you know, <laughs> uh, four or five different schools before high school. So, um, you know, being a class clown, not paying attention, you know, just kind of wanting there to be for the social aspect of it. So, <clears throat> you know, what really kind of, um, flip the script for me you know as people say you know your 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 woke moment right um I was in eighth grade uh at this college prep um middle school and they had a really great basketball program and they were a uh, Christian school so they were you know very very to the book you know very religious um you know, very focused on education. And so what I did is I took, um, I don't know if you've heard of Sylvan Learning Center. Oh yeah, definitely. So when I was going into eighth grade, Sylvan Learning Center, that was their first year launching as a company. Okay. And so there was a location down the street and I went and I did in, uh, um, I went and I did an equivalency test with them and, you know, um, surprisingly to me it's like I got my test back and I was reading and writing uh I was reading at a fourth grade level and I was writing at a third grade level Mm -hmm. and this is going into eighth grade like a really tough school 
And, you know, I couldn't believe it. I was disappointed in myself. I never really thought of it like that, especially education and how important it was. Um, and so, you know, every day, four days a week, uh, sorry, four days a week for a full year, um, I went and I did Sylvan. And I Whoa. found a teacher who inevitably was a basketball player. So I connected with him. You know, I'm dyslexic. Um, and it's, I haven't been diagnosed, but like, I know that I am. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it's one of those things where I found, um, I found somebody that I valued, somebody that I looked up to, somebody that I wanted to be. Um, and then him as a teacher was able to kind of redirect my learning path and, and how I looked at things. And, you know, I, I respected that. Um, and I was all ears. And so, you know, playing basketball, thinking this is going to be my thing, um, you know, ended up getting hurt at my end of my eighth grade year, broke my leg, um, going up, blocking a ball off the backboard, oh. came down on someone's ankle. And for me being 280 pounds, six foot three in eighth grade, like my ankle just snapped in half. So oh, um, when I went and got my x-ray, you know, they told me, you know, I was like, hey, how are my growth plates? And they're like, well, you probably have another half an inch. I was like, Whoa, what? Like, yeah, you probably have another, another inch, maybe inch and a half, something like that. And I was just defeated because all the doctors said I was going to be 6'8", six, 6'10", six, something like that, oh, which was wow. in basketball as a power forward. You know, I can yes. pull that off, right, you know, right. uh, at 6'4", where I capped out, you know, that's, you know, that's not, that's not a collegiate, you can't get it, can't get a scholarship playing bas basketball at 6'4 and power forward, right? Wow. If you're trying to compete. Okay. So, right. um, you know, with the education, I then went into, I would say is probably the most, um, I'd say it's the powerhouse of Tucson when it comes to high school sports, um, with the South Point Catholic, uh, or sorry, South Point, um, what is it? How am I forgetting her name? <laughs> uh, South Point Catholic High School, which was a college gotcha. prep Carmelite school. And uh, they were one of those things where um, had a great basketball program. That's what got me excited. But then the football coach saw me. And when that happened, I mean, it, it kind of just <laughs> changed the forecast of, uh, of what I wanted to do in life. Right. Amazing. It's amazing how those mentors that show up uh, kind of give us so much guidance. And so it sounds like this football coach was a lot like the tutor you had at Sylvan with the basketball pedigree. And uh, he just showed you what the possibilities were. And I'm, I'm presuming you fell in love with it. Absolutely. You know, um, first time in my life getting beat up. And I got beat up a lot, especially by the older guys, just because I was as big or bigger than them. Um, but like first time in the weight room, first time competing, first time, like really understanding the team sport. Um, and it's actually really crazy to seem like, you know, in every step that I've taken in life, whether sport related or non-sport related, you know, there's always been a mentor for me. There's always mm -hmm. been someone there that I've modeled my goals after. Um, oh, wow. And, yes. you know, I've either accomplished those goals or I've surpassed them. And, you know, a lot of that has been manifestation. A lot of it has been self-belief, um, completely rewiring myself. Like, I am not the person I was, you know, I called him football, Chris. Like, I'm, I'm not that person anymore. You know, that person was, <laughs> you know, don't get in my way. I'm the mm. best. No one's better. Like, right. this, is, right. this is the path. And if you don't believe it, then get, you know, then move because I'm coming through you. So it was, uh, everything's kind of played a role, but it's been kind of like a movie. <laughs> it's a development of characters, <laughs> but those, those, those characters are just are one person. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, so share with us your high school football career. Um, at South Point Catholic, you know, it was, uh, it was an incredible time. Um, I came in and, you know, started on the varsity as a freshman um, without wow. playing football, um, but at the same time, you know, just really got to know the upperclassmen. And ironically enough, um, I actually didn't 
end up getting to know my physical class until my junior year when everyone was gone. And, you know, that was kind of interesting. I've always been the older kid and I always just hung out with the older kids or um, the, the younger kid that would look as old, you know, the big kid or whatever. And, uh, and, you know, it was, it was a great experience. You know, I had incredible teachers, uh, incredible foundation, um, you know, just, just great values to build on. And education was a part of that. And, you know, for me to play football, you know, it was one of those things where it's like, I need to put as much effort as I do on the field as much as I do in the classroom. And, you know, that really inevitably helped me at the end. And, you know, that ride in high school was, um, was pretty crazy because, you know, when you're young, you don't know, or you don't have the exposure of, of how, how good you can be and the ability that you have, especially when you're starting something brand new, like football for me. And, you know, what really, woke me up another another woke moment <laughs> um i uh i went to the ohio state football camp my sophomore year i believe in high school and i went out there it was like a five-day thing after that i was going to go to michigan um and just do those because i was like you know those are powerhouse schools um i'd like to go and just do a camp and see if they're they're interested or anything and, you know, I actually, it was funny, my, I went to a camp prior before those at the University of Arizona and ASU. And so ASU, which is like a huge rivalry for the University of Arizona. Yeah. I grew up hating them my whole life. <laughs> they were the first school to offer me a scholarship. Wow. And uh, on our way back from Phoenix to Tucson, which is about a two hour drive, in the middle of it, I get a call from the head coach of the University of Arizona at the time, Bob Stoops, Mike Stoops, and he goes, he goes, you know, I would love to offer you as well. So they found out within an hour that they didn't get the local hometown kid. So I have two scholarships. I'm kind of like, well, you know, I don't really know what that means, but like, it just means that like I'm my parents will have to pay for me to go to school, which is great. And in Arizona, if you're an in-state kid, like it's not, not that expensive, which is fantastic. And I mean, that's why the state of Arizona is, in my opinion, a great state, sure. um, you know, they help out the education system. Yeah. And so we go in there and I get to Ohio State. Now I fast track. I have two scholarships under my belt. And, you know, by the end of the camp, they have this huge thing and coach Tressel was there uh, when I was getting recruited, Jim Tressel, one of the best coaches out of Ohio state. And at the end of the camp, you know, what they do is they get you in the, in the uh, stadium, the horseshoe is what they call it. They get you into the horseshoe, you know, they give you awards and stuff like that. And they camp and they say goodbye. So I get into the stadium and Tressel, you know, calls me out to the 50 yard line. So now I'm standing in the middle of the Buckeye, right? <laughs> and he's there with my dad and he goes, um, you know, just want to let you know, you know, we'd love, we'd love to have you as a Buckeye. And I didn't really like understand what that meant. You know, I was like, okay, I got another offer. This is great. But the, but the University of Ohio or uh, Ohio State, they, they were a top five school at the time, top three school in the country. So after I got that scholarship, I go to Michigan. They find out I get a scholarship from Michigan. I go to Michigan State. After that, I get a scholarship from Michigan State. And then when I get home, it's like I had a scholarship from every major university in the country. So, wow. you know, that was a crazy process. And, um, you know, coming home and having stacks of envelopes on my desk every day from coaches and universities. I mean, a theme I have probably, I just went through my stuff when my parents moved and it's like, I had three giant boxes full of letters, um, just all this stuff. And, uh, you know, it just, it, it, it was a fun experience. It was something new. It was exciting. And, you know, it really made me just believe and just go after everything and just create a goal board and just put these up. But like, 
you know, what was crazy is that I would, I would put these goals on this goal board that I'd have right in front of me every day in my, like in my living room. And I'd stare at them every day. And like, these goals are not, not easy goals to get, but you know, for four years, I checked every one of them off. Like I just envisioned it and it happened. It was incredible. And I, I don't, I didn't really think about that until later in my life, but like that was a huge testament to it. I have a gold board right in front of me right now, just because of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those, it was one of those experiences that I would cherish, especially being in the community at South Point, being in Tucson and being able to bring that exposure to my hometown and really do good around it. Um, you know, my mom did nonprofit her whole life. She's in hospice right now. And oh. it's like, that's the kind of things that I got exposed to my entire life is helping others and serving others. And so yeah, yeah. me being able to kind of now use this vein of, of sports um, to do, to do what, to do good. Um, you know, I, I, I grabbed it by the horns and just ran with it. And, um, you know, I kind of came to the next decision was where I was going to go to school. And, you know, it was nuts, man. There'd be thousands of people that would come to our football games just because they'd see this kid being me, just, you know, Amazing. just throw kids around like a rag doll. You know, I played <laughs> tackle in high school. I didn't play, I didn't play tackle. And, you know, USC came in, Pete Carroll comes to see me and he goes, hey, you know, we'd love to have you. There's an opportunity you know, that we can see you coming in and, 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 and making an impact right away. I was like, okay, like whatever you need me to do, coach, what do you need me to do? So I need you to learn how to play center. Hmm. I'm like, you know, I'm like, sure, coach, no big deal. And for me, it's like, Hey, you know, I've been playing basketball my whole life. I thought that was going to be basketball. And then football gets sure. thrown in my face and I'm like, okay, yeah. like, let's play, let's learn how to play football. And then it's like, okay, I, I went from guard to tackle, to defensive end, to, to defensive tackle, like, oh, give me another position. Like, sure. When normally people would be like, oh, uh, I, I can't do that. <laughs> so um, when it came down, essentially push to shove, when it came down to picking a school, you know, it was really easy for me, it seemed. I looked myself in the mirror and I said, hey, if you want to be the best, you have to compete with the best, plain and simple. So that was USC. They were the number one school in the country um, for football. They had the number one offensive line in the country, and they have one of the best networks uh, in the world. And you know that's a lot of that's a lot of weight. And yeah, you know sure. it was a very easy decision. It was a very easy decision for me. So you know when June hit, threw up the fight on and headed to Southern California. Fantastic, nice. Yeah. Second. Oh, that's great. Well, um, yeah, uh, you know, I have to say, uh, having known you as many years as I have, and we've had, uh, we, we, we've been entrepreneurs together as well, like that goal orientation that you have, like that permeates all aspects of your life. So kudos on having that and, and just your discipline around it, as you've shown in these examples that you shared are just that's such a big part of your persona and and I think is a big ingredient for your success you. so that's uh that's really awesome it's kind of nice yeah. to see those threads <laughs> it, it's it's it, it is and it's interesting because you know when you're young you don't know where you're going to get that influence you don't know where it's going to come right. from you're not gonna you don't know what that motivation is going to be that gets you off the couch and I was able to find that I was able to find that concentration, find that motivation, find those goal oriented settings for myself through sports. And now it's about kind of flipping the script. And so long story short, collegiate career um, came in, you know, only offensive linemen that came in that year in the recruiting class, as you can imagine, just got torn apart, right. By the older classmen. Um, but you know, going into camp, fall camp, you know, in, in August, my freshman year, you know, coach Carroll, Pete Carroll, who's, you know, a Super Bowl winning coach, national course, championship yeah. coach, like one of the best coaches to, to play the, to coach the game, you know, he goes, Hey, you know, there's, there's a real opportunity here. You know, we compete here. And if you compete to win, you know, you'll get that spot. And 
I kind of thought, oh, it's a good recruiting tool. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, it actually came to, it came to fruition for me. So, Amazing. you know, in camp, one of the centers who was the starter was a fifth year, was a fifth year guy. And he ended up tearing his tricep, um, in a freaky play in practice. And the next day, you know, I got, I had somebody come to class and, and, and bring me to Carol's office and Carol's like, Hey, we're going to give you an opportunity. Wow. And I'm just like, okay, let's go. Yeah, I didn't really know. I didn't, I didn't know that much. I mean, I knew enough, but like I didn't have it down pat. Um, but he's like, you know, you have the ability, you have the intelligence around you with the older guys. He goes, we want to give you a shot. Like you just have to compete this week and then we'll let you know if you'll start. And I just, okay, this is it. I got to go all in. And, you know, this is me playing center for the first time ever. Right. This is like three weeks of me playing center. Wow. I played tackle my whole life, which is at the other end of the line. Yep. And, you know, Carol gave me the green light. And so, I mean, you know, my first game as a Trojan was, you know, the first game I ever started at center and the first game a freshman ever started at center in USC history to this Amazing. day. So, you know, it was, uh, it was incredible. And, you know, I actually was in such a bad place to seem, you know, coming from Tucson to LA, like the glitz Mm. and the glam was the appeal, but, you know, I wasn't used to the people (laughs) and, you know, I just have a lot of, I trust a lot of people and, you know, I just, I just continued to get backstabbed by people and lied to and just all this stuff. And like, I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling it. And, you know, to be honest, like I even thought about leaving, like going to another school. Um, But then that opportunity opened up. And from just that moment of being able to play and starting and getting, you know, that traction behind my name, I was like, I can't leave now. Like, this is it, no matter what, this is where I need to be. And so the second game, the second game of my freshman year, was at Nebraska um, College Game Day. So huge platform, right? I didn't really know what College Game Day was, it seemed. I was a basketball player. And, you know, this kind of goes back to, like, the innocence and, to be honest, like, just the capacity of not being able to, I guess, understand who the person was in front of me because I didn't know, I didn't follow the game of football. Like I just started this thing. Yeah, like yeah. my, you know, I, I, it's one of those things where, you know, I just went in full speed and hit somebody in the mouth. Like, that's all I did. Like, I didn't care who it was. That's just all I knew. And I think that really helped me in my career, especially in the beginning. Um, just because, you know, I, I just didn't know how great these people were that I was going up against every day. Nice. Right. And back back in the day with Carol, it's like, you know, Monday through Thursday, I cringed. Like that was, I was playing a national championship every day at practice against my teammates. And when we got to the game scene, it was like slow motion. Like that's how good our team was. Wow. Like that's how good our team was. There's guys that transferred who couldn't even couldn't even touch wouldn't even touch the field wasn't even third string and they transferred to another school they ended up starting and now they're still in the nfl today wow but before they couldn't even get on the field like they couldn't even compete because that's how good the players were around us and that's the mentality that you have and so when i went to nebraska at nebraska I mean, first play of the game, we get down on our one yard line. So we have to go 99 yards. We're in the huddle, in the end zone. Can't hear anything. It's so loud. John David Booty, our quarterback, is passing this, passing the, 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 the play, and we're telephoning it because we can't hear anything. <laughs> so I get under this ball, can't hear a word, can't even hear the cadence, and he's right behind me. I can't even hear him. I just... I just snapped it and went first play, boom, 35 yards right off my butt. (laughs) First down, second play, 25 yards right off my butt. First down out pass, something like that. Fourth play right off my butt. 
touchdown, we score. College game day, nine nine yards at Nebraska. Wow. Okay. So nice. people are losing so their mind. Chris. Like the yeah. whole yeah, the whole the whole interview, like the um Kirk Curb Street, like all those guys on college game day, they're just, you know, they're saying my name, saying my name, saying my name. And, you know, when I later found out when I started to know who the people I was going against are, you know, the guy that I was hitting all night was in Domico Sue and I was crushing him. He's going to be a hall of famer. You know what I mean? Like I was destroying him. I didn't know who he was. Fantastic. And, and so when I got off, when I got off, uh, when I got off the bus, got on the plane, turned my phone on before we took off, I probably had like 400 phone calls. I probably had like 600 text messages. And these are from people that I didn't know, but got my number, especially from Tucson. And it was just people saying how proud they were and like how they're holding like our Tucson or holding our town up high and that you're, you know, you're, you're, you're doing everything that, you know, your parents would want you to do. And like, you know, it was like I was a voice for my hometown and it was well recepted. And from then on, I mean, I was a four year starter. I was a two time um, Playboy All-American conference, a first team conference, Pac-12 conference or Pac-10 conference. Um, I went to the senior bowl. I went to the combine. Like I was the number one center coming into USC and leaving USC. Um, and, you know, I had a very blessed opportunity and, you know, I thought this was the golden path, right. I thought yeah, this is what yeah. I was supposed to do. And, you know, like anything, you know, you're a split second away from losing, you know, everything you've worked towards and for athletes, that's injury. Yeah. And, you know, with me, I had two knee surgery, uh, five knee surgeries, two knee injuries, shoulder completely replaced, like during my time at SC, but I just was, always, I would always come back and I'd come back yeah. early and I'd fight for my guys. I'd always be there for my guys. Like, you know, there's, there's a million stories I can go on, but, you know, at the end of the day, I'm like, this is just what you do. This is how I'm programmed. Like, I'm not going to let anybody down. I'm going to come back. I'm going to risk my body for, you know, the greater good of like the people that I have around me, my, my, my teammates, exactly. my family. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, <clears throat> going into that, you know, a lot of wear and tear happened, whatever, whatever. But when I hit, when I got my knee injury the second time, I knew something was up. It wasn't the same. It wasn't getting stronger. Um, but you know, it was just, I just clicked it off, right. Just clicked it out of my head. Um, so I go to the, I go to the senior bowl, have a great performance there, which is where the number one players in the country get invited to show for a week, what they can do in front of all the coaches and recruiters and owners of the NFL teams. And then of course, there's a combine after that, which is a smaller group of identified athletes that are top in the country and then they have that platform for a week where they do interviews and you know um physicals and all this stuff they sleep deprive you they try and do everything they possibly can for a week to like just annihilate you and then you have one day at the very end to perform the best you've ever performed in your life because they want to and they want to see how you do it it's pretty incredible stuff and it was kind of nuts um a week before the combine which is the biggest platform of my career to show myself to get first round like everyone was saying like all this stuff you know one of my good friends passes away and it was on valentine's day and you know i dropped everything i dropped everything i had like went out flew out to fresno um you know, was there from start to finish, like from picking the yeah. flowers to the casket to putting them in the ground, right? Wow. And I barely made my flight to Indianapolis. Hmm. Barely made my flight. I was 10 pounds lighter. And if you're 299, a and 300, if you're 299, it makes you look bad. Yeah. Just a pound right it's crazy it's just it's just these things right so when i got there the first thing they do is they take everybody to the hospital do their physicals i was the only player that was there the longest Hmm. 
to put me in the machine, the MRI machine, I think six or seven times because they just wanted to triple confirm, you know, essentially, inevitably what they found out. So I go, I have this traumatic thing, you know, this sleep deprived, like, you know, performance, like all these mind games are trying to play on me. It wasn't working. I was stronger than that because of what yeah. I just went through, yeah. you know? And then that one day where I needed to perform, like, you know, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was the Lord. It was, it was JW. It was, you know, I just had this energy about me and I've never performed better in my life than on that stage. Man, I got top 10 in every, every category as an offensive lineman, you know, wow. number one in vertical, like even with a bum knee, like I had the number one vertical out of all the offensive linemen. And so, you know, getting top 10 in every category, no offensive lineman's ever done that. And, or at that time, and when I'm on the, on my way back to Tucson from the airport, my offensive line coach from USC, who was on the Seahawks with coach Carroll at the time, cause he left and went to Seattle. He goes, don't be surprised if you put yourself in the first round after that performance, which has been my <laughs> dream my whole life. Yeah. It's yeah. like, Hey, I'm, I'm finally going to be able to take care of everybody. Like I'm finally going to wow. be able to like, like I did it. Like I did it. I'm there. Yeah. I am yeah. there. Like, this is Amazing. it. Like literally everything that I manifested has come true. Like it's come true. Now there's one final step and that's the draft. So, you know, a couple months go by, you know, draft starts up in April and, you know, TV cameras, family, friends, the whole living room thing that you see on TV, mm -hmm. like that's, that's what right. happened to me in yeah. Tucson. Yeah. And first round goes by nothing. I'm like, okay, okay, that's fine. You know, it's okay. It's not a big deal. No problem. Like I'm still on the board. There's a lot of guys, you know, that are still there. Like it's, it'll be fine. So like second, third round goes by nothing. Oh, and now man. all the centers that I was ranked better than have all been drafted. So fourth round, fifth round goes by nothing. So I call my agent and I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, you failed your medical at the combine. And I said, like, when did you find this out? And he goes, well, we found this out a couple. I said, a couple what? Hours? Was, no, a couple of days ago, I said, well, you're fired. Like, oh my God. you didn't tell me. So it's like, I was embarrassed, just completely embarrassed and everything just, it was just, it gutted me. So I went from potentially being a first round draft pick to not being drafted at all, uh, getting called up to a couple different teams, beating out their backups. I went to the Cardinals, the Jets, the Seahawks, um, doing well, but at the end of the day, it was always my knee, right? Even went overseas and did stem cells. I mean, that's how crazy I was. I was like, well, if I, if they're saying I can't, like I wasn't a can't guy, it was a how guy. Like, you're yeah. not going to tell me no, yeah. like I'm going to figure out a way. And through my resources, I was able to get my own stem cells cultured, extracted, and then mm -hmm. re-put into my knee for some type of cartilage growth because that's what it was. I was bone on bone, stage three arthritic. I had no more cartilage in my knee. And like, I mean, you know, people were like, how did you play? <laughs> I, just, I just blocked it out, right? It was just one of those things. Yeah. And, you know, go to the Cardinals, get to final the final cuts they told me i was going to make the team then they cut me boom done then i tried out for a couple different teams you know they really liked me but then came down to my medical so you know sorry man we gotta send you home done um go to the jets i get signed by the jets because i go to new york to visit a friend i called my agent i said hey i'm in new york call the giants call the jets i have my cleats i'm ready to work out like I was just throwing it out there. That's how desperate it was to try and yeah. make a team. Jet said, come on in. I do a workout. <laughs> I get signed right there. Boom. So now I'm on the Jets. So yeah. I don't even go home. I'm on the Jets with my cleats, right. like my yeah. shorts. Like I figured it out. <laughs> Crazy. Month goes by. They're one of their main running backs gets hurt on the first person they brought in. So inevitably I got cut. So now I'm sitting at home in my living room where my goal board was, where I manifested never being back there ever again. 
Now I'm sitting there with two weeks left in preseason, okay? Which means that like, it's halfway done. So the yeah. fact that I'm gonna get a phone call, probably not gonna happen. So I'm sitting in this chair, I'm like literally just watching my life just crumble in front of my eyes. And I get a call from a Seattle number. <laughs> so I pick up the phone. It's like, hey, I'm so-and-so from the Seattle Seahawks. Coach Carroll wanted me to give you a call because there's an opportunity. Like, are you interested? I said, absolutely. And they go, okay, well, here's the thing. You have to be at the airport. Your flight's in an hour. And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, if you don't make this flight, like, we can't oh, do this workout. I grab everything. Bolted, I grab my yeah. cleats. I throw it in my backpack. I get in my car. I'm zooming to the airport. I leave my car at the front where they drop off, like the arrival drop. I leave my car. I just ran. I just wow. ran. I ran up to the gate. They're calling my name. They're literally shutting this door. And I like, oh, like from a movie, like put my hand, like yeah. I'm like, I'm here. Yeah. Like I, I go in and I make the flight car got towed. I don't care. I'll do with it later, you know? So I get to Seattle. I do my workout. Coach Carroll comes up to me and goes, you good? I said, I'm great. He goes, perfect. So they signed me. I'm like, okay, I got two weeks here. I don't think I'm, I, I know the system in and out. I know the coaches. They're all, you know, I, I grew up with half of them at SC. Right. It's right. like, it's like, you know, I kind of seem, I took this point of like, I'm just going to enjoy this because I don't know if this is going to happen. Like, mm. I don't, I don't know if this is, if this is going to turn out the way that I want it to. And so I really just took everything in. And when you're in a camp in the NFL, you know, when you have preseason games, that tape that you put on the field, like that gets looked at by all the NFL teams. So if I'm in Seattle and I don't play any of those games, the only team that's going to be able to see me is what Seattle's seen during practice. Right. But if I play in a preseason game, it's kind of like it's an interview, like other coaches are going to see my ability. So the third preseason game happens. My first one at Seattle, no playing time. Right. Okay. All right. But the good thing is, is the last preseason game, that's when like everybody goes in, you know, you get a final shot of like putting your tape out there, putting your signature, putting your stamp down. So I'm sitting there, I'm in, I'm in Seattle at Seattle. It turns out it's like a really close game. So they like kept the starters in. Okay. So I like don't even get a chance to get on the field. So now yes. I'm just looking around and, and it's like a mix of emotions. You know, I'm just, I'm upset. I'm happy. I'm, trying to take things in I'm just a mess and you know I just know this is it like I'm just trying to take it in look at my helmet like look at the field look at the crowd like you know I just know that this is this is probably this is probably it and I get the call next day final cuts after the game I go to coach Carroll's office and he goes hey you know <clears throat> you know what's been going on like what's like, why is your knee this bad? I was like, you know why my knee is this bad it's because <laughs> I came back early and I to push to fight, to play for you so we could win. Yeah. You know, yeah. I didn't say that. I didn't say that, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like, you just realize that you're just a price tag, you know, with that value either is valuable or is not mm -hmm. right. You're just, uh, you're just a number at that point, which is okay. Um, I don't have a problem with that. You know, those numbers get paid real well. So I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> right. um, so Carol sits me down. He goes, I'm going to give you a shot. And I'm like, you're kidding me. He goes, I'm going to give you an opportunity on practice squad. He goes, you know, if it, so what happens is there's 10 people to get practice squad. Two of them, um, you know, two of them essentially are uh, – offensive linemen, three of them possibly. And so I would be that person. If someone got hurt, I would go in and replace them and then get on the roster and then just be a part of the team. So that happens all the time. Um, so I'm like in tears. I'm like, thank you so much for this opportunity, coach. Like, this is incredible. You know, I, I get back to the hotel. I call my family, call my friends. Boom. I'm like, it's happened. I did it. 
I did it. I just needed an in and I got in. Like, that's all I need. Like, it's all I need. So at 4.30 the next morning, I get a call from the general manager from the Seahawks saying, sorry, Christopher, we had to undercut Carol's decision because of your past medical history. There's a car waiting for you downstairs to take you to the airport to take you to Tucson. Thanks so much. So that was how my football career ended. (laughs) But to be honest, you know, the fact that Carol believed in me and went to push to give me an opportunity and he got undercut, that just tells you it's, it's a corporation, man. You know, it's big business. And if that didn't, if that wouldn't have happened, I mean, I might've wasted a couple more years of my life trying to pursue something that would never have been attained because of an, an MRI image that's outside of my control. You know, and that was a huge learning lesson. Control what you can control. You know, you can't control what's outside of your control. And I mean, you know, we could get into it, but like there was years of there was years of me being just extremely depressed and like just just doing all these stupid stuff. Yeah, Yeah, but like you know, at the end of the day, you know, when you're in those positions, you only hurt the ones around you because they're the ones that care the most about you, right? And the only person that's ever going to get you out of that situation is yourself. True. And, you know, I can tell you that, you know, for a year, two years, I mean, it's taken me a while to, to just let it go. And I'm past that. And I'm so grateful for it. And now I'm like, you know, I don't badmouth anybody. I don't mother F you, mother F you, mother F you. I should have done this. I should have done this. Like I was like that, mm-hmm. you know, but now it's like, now I understand why. And I understand that that wasn't supposed to be my path. And that I was built for bigger and better things. And, you know, in those situations when you're depressed and you think that you're the only one in the world and, you know, you just have all this darkness around you, you know, the only person that can get you out of that at the end of the day is yourself. And, you know, I tell people, it's like, I started to climb, man. I started to climb through that mud, started to just, you know, find my way to the, you know, find my way to the breach I got some air and then I made my way, you know, out of the ground and, you know, I saw the light and, you know, that's kind of where, you know, it gave me that opportunity to get into business. And then, you know, that kind of comes to moving to Dubai and doing international sales and creating vertical integration, like what we did and coming back to the United States and trying to create, you know, you know, our, our, our entrepreneur, you know, cryogenic company that we were a part of together. You know, it's just, it's just the sky's the limit. And like, you know, I, I don't know, I don't know about you, but you know, the time that we shared together, like, man, that was exciting. That was, it was fun. Absolutely. We just, yeah, fun memories. We bet, we just bet on ourselves. We bet yeah. on ourselves and we just went for it. I mean, and you still do this today and that's why you're extremely successful. And that's something that I've been able to model it off of. And I, I appreciate our time together because I did learn so much from you. And, you know, hearing what you Thank said you. about me earlier, you know, um, I think it's copacetic in just different ways. Um, but that's life, man. It's, it's, yeah. it's valuing the people you have around you. It's valuing the lessons that you've been learned, that you've been taught, whether good or bad. Um, and, you know, just embracing everyone that comes into your path, man, because you never know where it's going to take you. And, um, you know, it's been a ride. And, you know, things are working out really well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm working at Marsh and McLennan. We're a fortune 500 company. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on the right track. I'm being able to utilize the USC network where I went to school for, like, you know, now I have just a crazy story and, you know, I'm, I'm not the only player that's ever been hurt. I'm not the only one that's been depressed. I'm not the only one that's had trial and issues. Like I'm not a victim here. I'm not telling myself that I am. You know, I'm a human being and we all go through these things, but it's how you become resilient and how you bounce back. And, you know, that's, that's my story. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, it's really an incredible story. And as you said, the most important part or the most significant part, impressive part is how you've come back from all that, because there are a lot of people who who also don't. And, and so few, few of us can really appreciate what it is like to be on that roller coaster of emotions to be at the absolute height and then just to have it all taken away from you 
um but the, as you described it, it yeah it, it felt like a movie it is just incredible the the extreme highs the extreme lows um but to your credit Chris, you didn't let that define you or stop you. And um, as you talked about some of the traits you learned and being disciplined and in training for your uh, football career, you've applied that in a business setting and it's been extraordinary. And, and I have a great anecdote to share. We probably had known each other maybe just a few weeks and I got a surprise message from you on my birthday. And I was like, Chris, that's just so amazing. I don't know when your birthday is. And here we, you know, we've just known each other the time. You made it a point to go find out. And then you left me this amazing message. And you told me how that's, that's, that was my role. That was what I did on the team. Like I was the, I gave everyone support. I pumped them all up. And as you were talking about, when you're coming back from injury early, you know, that was a big part of the pull. You wanted to, to be there championing the team. And that just speaks volumes about your personality, Chris. That's really extraordinary. And the fact that that, sh that stays with you your entire life. And, um, and so those skills, along with the goal setting and the discipline around achieving those and not caring who's standing in front of you, that's irrelevant. It's just, I'm going to get past them. Um, that mindset is really what's going to make you super successful. So um, really just phenomenal. Uh, all that you've gone through, all that you've uh, come through the other side of it's 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 really inspiring well i appreciated the scene you know it's uh it's a small story but you know i appreciate you giving me the platform to share it and um you know i'm hopeful it'll encourage someone else no that absolutely will um and uh you're doing all the great things. Um, I'm sure there are going to be some members in the audience who could make use of uh, Marsha's services. So uh, please do reach out. We will connect you with Chris. Uh, couldn't think of a better guy in the entire organization to have rooting, championing you. He'll remember your birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Nassim. I really appreciate it. That has been extraordinary, Chris. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for your candor and your willingness to share. Thank you, my friend.